Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I greet the saints in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who is coming back very soon. Hallelujah. Amen. It is an honor and a privilege to be standing before the church of God this morning to share with you the word of God. Amen. And I believe that God has a word for us, the word that is going to change our lives. Amen. And before I go further, I just want to say Happy Youth Month to all the young people. Hallelujah. And also say Happy Father's Day to our fathers, our daddies. We love you. We honor you. We appreciate you. May God keep you for us. May God keep you for your families. May God keep you for this nation. We need fathers in this nation. And may you continue to be the wonderful fathers that you are. And may God help you to do even more, much better than what you are doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you and we honor you. This morning, we are going to be talking under the topic, the life-changing word of God. And the question that comes is, what is your attitude toward God's word? What is my heart's attitude towards God's word? The theme of the month, as it was said, it says, giant killers. Our main scripture is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45, where David said to the, uh, the, the Philistine, that was Goliath, that you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. David knew who his God was. He did not only hear about him, but he knew him. He walked with him. You know, he wrote so many psalms, you know, about him being a shepherd, about God being a shepherd. You know, with his experience with God, he was able to write so many psalms. Amen. And then I just want to say that, who are the giant killers? We all want to kill giants, right? We all want to be known as giant killers. But who is a giant killer? Giant killers are those who know the word of God and put it into practice. The only way that we can defeat the enemy is when we know the word of God and we put it into practice. Not only talking about the word of God, but putting it into practice. Giant killers are those who stand for the truth even in the face of difficulty. Those who do not compromise the word of God. Those who say, if I die, let me die, but I am not going to bow. I am not going to give up. I am not going to give in. I am not going to use other strategies other than the word of God to defeat my enemy. You know, um, when Jesus was being tempted by the devil in the desert, I believe we all know this after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. You know, the enemy brought enticing things to Jesus. And he even quoted, you know, the scriptures. But what Jesus said, he said, it is written. It is written. That's how he overcame the enemy. We cannot be able to overcome the enemy without the word of God. Because if we do not know the word of God, it is easy to be deceived by the enemy. Hallelujah. So giant killers are those people who know God's word and they put it into practice. Not people who quote scriptures, you know, not like the Pharisees who used to wear robes, you know, that were written, you know, all the scriptures, but they don't put it into practice. That does not scare the devil. Let me tell you. Knowing all the verses in the Bible does not scare the devil, but what scares him is when we put the word of God into practice. 
Hallelujah. We can't afford to be all talk and no action. We can't be like those dogs that bark, but they do not bite. Hallelujah. We have to be people of action, putting the word of God into action. Our main scripture is James chapter 1, verse 21. It reads as follows. So, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. And humbly accept the word of God. Okay. And humbly accept the word God planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. Alright. In the NIV version it says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. And humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Hallelujah. The Bible says we need to humbly accept the word of God. That is planted in us. This word is the only one that can save us. Hallelujah. You know, I'm not an English scholar, right? When I read this verse in the NIV version, I was asking myself, but why does the, why does the Bible say this word can? If there is a can, it means there is also a cannot. So it means this word is not powerful enough to, can, like, to save me. It means it can it might or it might not save me. But what I got to understood is that the word of God is able to save me when I allow it to. The word of God can change my life when I allow it to change my life. That's why I am asking, what is my attitude towards the word of God? Do I allow God's word to change me or I just hear it and it passes by and it does nothing into my life? And the Bible says we need to humbly Accept the word of God. You know, for a person to be changed by the word of God, you need to be humble. You need to swallow your pride. When God says this and this, you must not do. And it is something that, you know, to you, it's something that we're used to do. You need to be humble enough to say, God, I surrender. I have heard you, God, and I surrender. What you say I must not do, I am not going to do anymore. Hallelujah. We need to be humble to accept the word of God. You know, I liken the word of God to a very big and bitter pill. You know those pills that if it does not pass here, you make sure good when you swallow it, you must swallow it very fast or else it's going to be stuck here and the bitterness is terrible. You'll try to eat sugar and the sugar won't do anything. That is the word of God. But why is it bitter? Because the word of God deals with our human nature. You know, the word of God exposes the weakness in us. And many times it is not easy to accept our weaknesses. Many times it is not easy to allow our human nature to die. But this word, big and bitter as it is, it is very important. You know that medicine that they give you, they say you must drink this for you to be healed. But if you don't drink it, you are not going to get well. And it is so bitter. I remember... I was one sick, I went to the doctor, they gave me this medicine. Hey, I, they said I must take two spoons, two teaspoons. I drank the first one, I was like, no ways, I'm not taking another spoon, that's it. But for us to be able to be who God wants us to be, we have to take in the bitterness. We have to allow ourselves to die. We have to allow the human nature to die so that we can become who God wants us to be. Hallelujah. 
As I said that the word of God, it exposes our weaknesses. It exposes the evil in us. It exposes the things that God are not happy with. But we have to be humble enough to say, God, I have heard your word and I repent. God, I have heard what you are saying to my life and I surrender. You know, recently I was faced with a situation, you know, where I had to obey God's word. And believe you me, I never thought, you know, I was a disobedient person or I had a hardened heart. Until I was faced with a situation where I had to obey God and it was not easy. You know, there are situations whereby it is not easy. You say, God, I can't. God, I can't. But God says you must do it. You say, God, I can't. You know, I pray to God. I say, God, help my hardened heart. My heart is so hard, God. It's hard. I cannot. But it does not have to end in the I cannot. It has to come to a point where you say, God, I surrender. Have your way in my life. We cannot be children of God who move in accordance to our will. We cannot be children of God who choose that this I will do, you know, this I cannot do. You know, we cannot be picky eaters when it comes to the word of God. We do as the word of God says, difficult as it is. Hallelujah. That is the only way that we shall please the Father. When we read in John chapter 6, verse 60, I hope I did not write the, the, the wrong verse. It says, on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? And the Bible says many disciples left him after this. Children of God, the word of God, it's not, how do I put it? It's not sweets. You know, sweets are nice to eat, right? We all love sweets. I remember when God was talking to, to the apostle John when he was in the island of Patmos. He said to John, take this scroll and eat it. When you eat it in your mouth, it will be sweet as honey. Isn't it nice when the word is preached and we say, hallelujah, I receive. Thank you, Jesus. They say, hey, you must stop lying. You say, yes, Lord. You must stop gossiping. You say, yes, Lord. But now when you have to put the word of God into practice, the Bible says, God said, or the angel said to John, after you have eaten it, it will be sweet in your mouth, but in your belly it's going to turn sour. The sourness is when God's word has to start working in us. You know, when you have to put the word of God into practice. And I started to say to myself, God, help me not to vomit the word. Many times we vomit the word of God. We say, God, I receive. Yes, Lord, I will do your will. But when I have to put the will of God into practice, when it is hard, we vomit the word of God. May we not be the vomiters of the word. Hallelujah. May we not be seen as people who eat the word of God, but when we are in our private spaces, we vomit the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are we still together, church? We are not going to vomit the word of God, but we are going to be the word eaters. And the word is going to work in us and it's going to change us. When we read in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. 
Do we hear the church of God? It's not everybody who says, Lord, who says, I'm a Christian, who says, I belong to God. You know, have you seen when we are filling forms and they ask religion? 90% of people here in South Africa, they say they are Christians, right? We all say Christian. But Jesus says, it's not everybody who calls themselves a Christian who shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Who are the people who shall enter the kingdom of heaven? It is the people who do the will of God. That is the honest and the final truth. There is no other truth above that. Church of God, I want to tell you this morning, only those who do the will of God will enter the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't matter how many times I come to church, how many times I attend prayers when they say there, is, there are fastings, I fast. It doesn't matter how many times I sing, I dance, I roll on the ground or on the floor. But if I do not do the will of God, I will never enter the kingdom of heaven. That is the honest and the final truth. And what is it that God is saying to us? Do not be comfortable by just coming to church and be called a Christian. When actually you are not doing the will of God, we are fooling ourselves. We are lying to ourselves. Unfortunately, we can lie to ourselves. We can never lie to God. Such a painful thing when God says, I don't know you. You say, but God, I preached. So many people came and accepted you. God, I was the faithful member of the church. I was the trusted member in the church. God, I did so much for the kingdom. But God said, I don't know you. Go away from me, you who break God's law. Hallelujah. We will only enter the kingdom of heaven when we do the will of God. Hallelujah. All the singing, all the dancing, all the clapping, all the crying doesn't mean much when we do not do the will of God. We are here to be changed, to be like Christ. We are here to do the will of the Father. We are here to become who God has called us to become. And I just want to say to us this morning that when we know we all have got our weaknesses, right? There are things that we are struggling with. But what is it that we must do? Do we sit in our weaknesses? Do we become comfortable? No. Go to God and say, God, I am failing. You know, God is not a God who expects us to do much, but he does not help us. We do not do it in our own accord, but when we have a heart that says, God, I want to follow you, but this thing, this is a hindrance. He will come to your rescue. One person once said, you know, the difference between Christianity and other religions is that in other religions, the gods are standing by the side of the swimming pool or by the, side, uh, by the edge of the beach, if I can use that word. And they say, swim, come to the, you know, come to the shore. There are so many waves, you know, the waves are so high. They say, hey, swim. But this is what Jesus does. He gets into the water and he swims with you to safety. What does that mean? It means that Jesus comes in into our weaknesses, and he helps us. But only if you are willing to be helped. Hallelujah. Only if you are willing to be changed, that's when we shall see the salvation of the Lord. I wish we can reach to a point where you say, God, I am not satisfied by just being called a Christian. You know, I wish we can reach to a point where you say, God, I'm not satisfied by people saying, oh, woman of God. Isn't it nice to be called the woman of God? You know, it makes us feel powerful, you know. Woman of God, man of God, the anointed of the Lord. But we say, I am not satisfied with that. I want to be a doer of the word. Hallelujah. I've got three points that I'm going to be talking about. May the Lord help us. 
Number one, the attitude of my heart will determine what the word can do in my life or to my life. As I have said that the Bible says humbly accept. The word of God is here. It has all power to change. But it will only change those who are willing to be changed. Hallelujah. Those who are willing. What is the attitude of my heart towards God's word? Let us go and read uh, Matthew 13. We are only going to read 18 to 24. Uh, but it starts from verse 1. When Jesus was talking about the parable of the sower. Before I get to read the scripture. Jesus said there was a man who went out to sow the seed. We know the story, right? He went and uh, he casted out the seed. Some of the seed fell into the ground or on the path and the birds of the air came and picked it up. Some of the seed fell on the rocky places. It grew, quickly grew because there was not much soil. But when the, the sun came out, whatever that germinated died, right? And then some of the seed fell in the thorny ground. It grew, but because of the thorns or the weeds, the, whatever that was planted got choked and it died. But then this other seed fell on the fertile ground and it produced much. And now, when he was explaining the parable to his disciples, he says, um, I believe it's in John, John, where he said, the seed is the word of God. So now we are going to start reading. It says, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. How many times have we heard the word and it just doesn't make sense? You're like, what are they talking about? This thing does not talk to me. It's those seeds that fell by the wayside. Hallelujah. And I just want to encourage us that if you are at that point, say, God, help me understand. I don't want to miss your word in this season. I remember there was a time, you know, in this other prayer group that, that I'm in, it was uh, our prayer week, and we had, a, we had a theme for the week. The theme didn't talk to me, and I saw that, you know what, I'm going to be praying for the whole week, but I'll be wasting my time because I don't understand what we're doing. But this is what I said. I said, God, help me understand. Let this talk to my heart because I realize that as long as I do not understand, it will be meaningless. At the end of the day, we'll say we prayed, but to me, it will be the same as not having prayed. What am I saying to us children of God? When you do not understand the word of God, say, God, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. You know, when we go before the Lord, can we just be real? We be, you know, we, we can pretend to each other. But you can't pretend before the Lord. God knows us anyway. Just be real with God and say, God, I do not understand. Please help me understand. So that the enemy does not steal this word. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. We have got, you know, this other group of Christians or the hearers of the word. We hear the word, right? Hallelujah. God is so good. Today I am blessed. 
but I don't have much root in me. And then now when I am faced with the realities of life, when I am faced with situations where I have to apply God's word, because there isn't much root in me, I easily fall away. I discard the word of God. I also want to encourage you that if you find yourself in that place, say, God, let this word have root in me. Let us be able to pray. You know, let's cry out to God. Let us cry out to God. He will hear us. He does not say, ah, when you are the rocky ground, I away with you. When you are the, the walk, you know, you are the pathway away. Go to God and say, God, my heart is stony. My heart is hard. I want to accept. I want to do your word, but I can't. I am failing. God help me. There is this scripture that I love, this uh, chapter, Psalm 107. The Bible talks of people who were in different situations. Some of them, it was because of their own doings, and God led them. You know, he led them to, be, to, to, to face calamities. But the Bible says, they cried out to God, and they said, Lord, help. And the Bible says, he heard their cries, and he came to their rescue. What I'm saying is, say, God, help me. I am failing. Let us not pretend before the Lord. Let us not try to be who we are not. It does not help us. It only kills us. It only makes us to miss what God wants to do in our lives. It will only make us to miss the kingdom of God. All right. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded by the worries of this life and the lay of wealth. So no fruit is produced. You know, we've got worries in life, right? Hallelujah. But when we allow, you know, the worries in life, when we allow things around us, you know, to be more prevalent in our lives than the word of God, they choke the word. We, 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 we meditate more on the problems than on the word of God. And the word of God ends up not bearing fruit. Also, if you are like that, you say, God, I worry too much. I think too much about my problems. I think too much about things. I am running after the things of the world. I am not able to allow your word to bear fruit in me. Help me, Lord. And then the last one. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times uh, as much as had been planted. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Hallelujah. I believe we all want to be like the, the good soil, right? I want to be like the good soil. I don't want the word of God to go to waste in my life. And my prayer is, God, help me. Let my heart be like the good soil. That when the word of God comes, I receive it, I accept it as it is. Difficult as it may be, bitter as it may be, but Lord, I want to accept your word. I want to receive it. I want it to work in my life. Hallelujah. James chapter 1, verse 22 to 24. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Hallelujah, church. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself 
walk away and forget what you look like. When we don't allow this word to work in us, or when we just listen, but we don't understand, we don't get to a point where we have to see and to know that, you know what, this I am still lacking. God help me in this regard. Is, what is the purpose of the mirror? To be able to see where you are not right, right? So that before you go, before the people, if you are wearing a weave, it's not like this or, you know, if you are dressed, uh, for those who know how to match and those of us who are trying, but you, <laughs> but you, you make sure that, you know, you, you, the colors are coordinating, right? When you have put on makeup, you don't want to find the, what do you call that? The pencil here instead of here. Or you don't want to find, you know, the lipstick where it's not supposed to be. For the man, when you're wearing a tie, you want to be sure that it is tied at the right place, right? Or your clothes, your clothes are sitting perfectly. Sometimes you're even able to see in the mirror that, oh, there is a spot here. Let me quickly rub it off or let me change these clothes because they are not good for going out to people. That is what the word of God does. When you hear the word, it shows you that, hey, this Hey, that is not right. Hey, that, but when we hear and we don't understand and we don't allow it to work, this is what happens. You hear the word of God, then you go out. You're still the same. You forgot. You will just become or you'll remain the person that you are. You will never change. That's why we say we still have babies. You know, old babies in the church, crawling babies, you know, who have got white hair. Because we never learned how to walk. How do we learn how to walk when the word of God cannot teach us? How do we learn how to talk when the word of God cannot teach us? How do we learn how to think and how to act when the word of God cannot teach us? Another thing I want to say, say, God, I don't want to be an old baby. I don't want to be an old baby, you know, there is no change in me. Let us be tired of remaining the same. You say, God, but I am the same. Let us allow the word of God to change us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says if we don't obey God's word, we are fooling ourselves. We are just lying to ourselves or we are just lying to each other. We can never enter the kingdom of heaven. As I said, that is the final truth. Unfortunately, that is the truth that cannot be changed. I cannot change it. You cannot change it. If we don't do God's word, we will never be the people that please God. Amen. Jesus said, these people worship me with their mouths, but their hearts is far away from me. God is not impressed by the things that we do. I'm not saying we must not do them. But what matters before the Lord, it is the attitude of the heart. Hallelujah. It is, the, you know, the purity of the heart. We can do much for God, but if our hearts are not right with him, it does not please God. He says, these people, they worship me with their mouth. Actually, they are making a noise. It's like they could just keep quiet. Because their hearts are dirty. Their hearts are not pure. May we cry to be pure before the Lord. May we say, God, I am failing. Help me. I am trying, God help me. Believe you me, children of God. We cannot do it on our own. That's why we say, when, when, we, when we preach the message of salvation, that don't say I'm going to be right first, I'm still going to fix myself, then I'll come to church. You can never fix yourself. It is only through the power of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit that we are changed. But only if you are willing, are you willing to be changed by God's word? 
Are you willing to become who God wants you to be? Are you willing to swallow that bitter pill and say, God, heal me. Heal me, Lord. I'm a sinner. Heal me, God. I am failing. Heal me, God. These are my weaknesses. Heal me, God. Amen. May we not be selective also to what we want to obey and say, God, I can obey this. This I cannot obey. May we listen to the word of God pure as it is, difficult as it is. Rather, I go and cry and say, God, I cannot. I am failing. God, it's hard, but help me. Help me, God. In my, on my own, I can't. My heart is heavy. My heart is hard, God. I can see that I'm walking in disobedience, but help me, God. Help me, God, and God will surely help us. The second point is be aware of the deceiver or be careful of the deceiver. We have our enemy who is the devil and he's a deceiver. You know, the devil seeks to mislead us and to cause us to disobey the Lord. The devil is not happy when we listen to the word of God, when we obey the word of God. That's why he will come and deceive you. He deceived Eve in the Garden of Eden because he wanted to steal from men what God had for them. He wants us to disobey God. He's a deceiver. When we read in First uh, Kings chapter 13, verse 1 to 26, the Bible talks of an old, a, new, uh, a young prophet and an old prophet. They say there was this young man from Judah. He went and spoke to the king. I'm not sure if it was Jeroboam. And then he said, oh king, you know, he prophesied to the king that because you are serving pagan gods, this is what is going to happen and this is the sign that the altar is going to to break into pieces, you know, it's going to break and fall. And then when the, when the king said, seize that man, his arm got stuck. He couldn't take it back. He asked for the man of God to pray for him, and he prayed for him, and his arm was restored. And then the, the king said, what is it that I can do for you? The man said, even if you can give me half of your kingdom, I will not accept it, because God said to me, I must not eat, I must not drink in this place. I must not go home using the same road that I came in. And then he left. But then the Bible says there was an old prophet. His sons came and told him the story. This old prophet got up, put uh, on his donkey. He went to this young man. He found him sitting under the tree. He said to him, come and eat. Come to, I heard what you did. Come to my house and eat and drink. The young man said, no, I cannot because God has commanded me. I should not eat. I should not drink. I should not use the same road that I, I used to come, to come in. He said, I am also a prophet. God said to me, I must invite you to come to my house to eat. You see now, God said to this one, don't eat, don't drink, don't use the same way. And now an old, respectable prophet comes and says, but God has said I must call you to come and eat. Okay, they went together. While they were eating and drinking, the Bible says the word of God came to the prophet and he screamed. He said, God says, because you have disobeyed me, you are not going to be buried with your people. And then now, the old prophet settled the donkey. You know, that was very fascinating to me. I'm like, what if the young prophet was even scared to go home and say, please pray for me. The Bible does not say that prophet prayed for him. He pleaded, does not say he pleaded with God on his behalf. What else is the one who made him to disobey God, right? The Bible says he settled his own donkey. I could imagine this prophet saying, the young prophet saying, I can't go home. I'm scared. And maybe he came up with a story that my donkey is tired. The old prophet said, no, take my donkey. He knew what was going to happen to that young man. And the Bible says when he was walking, they came across a lion. 
The lion killed him. It did not eat him. It did not eat the donkey. It just stood there next to the donkey and his body. And when the people came and saw what happened, they went and called the old prophet. Listen to this old prophet. When the prophet had the report, he said, it is the man of God who disobeyed the Lord's command. The Lord has fulfilled his word by causing the lion to attack and kill him. Who made the young prophet to disobey God? The old prophet. But now he even has, I don't want to say the nerve, but he even has the power to say, it is the man of God who disobeyed the Lord's command. And this is what I learned. The enemy is a deceiver. He will sometimes come in the name of the Lord. But what he comes with is against what God has commanded you. Or it is against what the word of God says. And I want to say, we must not take any advice. Not any advice is from the Lord. Not any advice is good for us. Irrespective of who it comes from. Because sometimes I can come. You know, I'm not saying I'm respectable. But I can come and give you advice, but you find that the advice is against God's word. Are you going to take it because it comes from my mouth? No. What God has said, don't do. It doesn't matter who comes and try to, you know, to, to convince you. Let us be able to stand for the word of God and we say, thus said the Lord. If God has said it, I believe it and I take it. Nobody else is going to make me change my mind. And I got reminded of a story, you know, that we read when we were in primary or high school, Jokota. I'm sure Tsongas will know the story. Um, I don't know what this, uh, which this bird is called in English. They say this bird, it will say to the other smaller birds, you know, in the olden days, Budjangwana. What is Budjangwana in, in English? Tatanama Tebul. Budjangwana. Wheat. Let me, can I say wheat? It's what? Okay, yeah, bird feed or something like that. So what they will do, ne? okay, these birds actually used to eat budang people's budangwana. <laughs> it's something that they used to make food for themselves, yeah. So they will put traps there that if a bird comes and tries to eat, it will get trapped. So Bzokota will come and say, jana, jana, meaning that eat, I'm going to save you. And then when these poor birds eat and they get caught, Jogota comes and says, Didn't they tell you that don't eat people's food? The same person who said, eat, eat, I will save you. Now he comes and says, didn't they tell you? That is what the devil does. Doesn't he do that? He says, do it. And then when you have done it, believe you me, he will come and condemn you. You won't even be able to lift up your hands while you are still praying and say, Ah, remember what you did yesterday. Now you are coming in acting all holy, holy. You try to cry, you know, in the presence of the say, Ah, you are, you are crying, but you are a liar. Let us not allow the enemy to deceive us and condemn us, children of God. What God says is sin is sin. It doesn't matter who says what. It doesn't matter who tries to decorate it. Sin is sin. When God says lying is a sin, it's a sin. It doesn't matter who is lying, it's a sin. When God says fornication is a sin, it's a sin. Young people when God says fornication is a sin, it's a sin. It doesn't matter who is doing it. You know what sometimes the enemy does? He will say, but look so and so. They are doing it. Just because somebody does it, it doesn't make it right. Just because pastor so and so was caught in adultery, it doesn't make it right. 
Just because somebody that we trust, you know, that, uh, that prayerful mother, she was seen going into a Sangoma's house, does not make it right. Because that's what he will say. But why are you not consulting? Because both so and so, they are doing it. And when you do it, he comes and he condemns you. And that will be the end of you. Let us be careful of the Bzokotas out there. They will say, Jana, eat, I will save you. But when you have eaten and you are caught, you say, didn't I tell you? Don't do it. Hallelujah. The enemy is happy when he sees us disobeying God's word. He's an accuser. He wants to see us falling down. He wants to see us, you know, still clung, you know, in, 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 in sin. He wants to see us still, you know, chained by sin. Let us not allow him. Let us not disobey God's word. Do not conform to the standards of this world. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The Bible says we must not conform to the standards of the world, no matter how dark this world that we live in. The Bible says as although we live in the world, we are not the people of the world. The way we do things, we do not do things as the world does. We do not belong to the world. We belong to God. So let us not conform. You know, sometimes we want to we, 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 you know, be part of the bigger crowd. Jesus said, the way to heaven is very narrow. Only few walk in it. But the way to destruction is very wide. And if you can really think about it, it is very true. The way to heaven is very narrow. Only few people walk in it. I want to encourage us that let us not follow the crowd. Let us follow the truth. Let us not follow the crowd. Let us not follow the trends. But let us follow the word of God. It is only the word of God that shall change our lives. And then I shouldn't use other people's behavior as a yardstick for my behavior. Or obedience or disobedience to God's word. God's word should be my mirror. Hallelujah. The Bible says we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the world. But as much as we look at, you know, at each other as being the salt and the light, when one has fallen, it should not be a reason for you to fall. Hallelujah. I remember, you know, when I was growing up, I got saved at a very young age. I was 11 years old. And they said to me, you are not going to last. Look at what sister so and so. They said, you know what? They are born again. Look at them. They have got children. Look at them. They have backslidden. They did this and that. And this is what I said. I am not walking on their footsteps. I am walking on the steps of Jesus. Because once you start walking on my steps, believe you me, you are going to fall. What made me fall will make you fall. But when we walk on the steps of Jesus, we will be able to stand because Jesus is the perfect one. Hallelujah. So let us not use other people's behavior as a yardstick for our behavior. But at the same time, children of God, let us not also say, "Good, uh -uh, don't look at me. We also need to do what the word of God does. It is not, you know... Um, an allowance for us to misbehave so that you can have that thing that says, ah, but don't look at me, look at Christ. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the world. We need to live like Christ did. Hallelujah. And then there is this other book that I wrote, I read. Hey, no, oh, maybe I'm going to write a book. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I read this book and it says, watching someone behave horribly 
allows us to feel better about ourselves. You know, and at least I am not like that sort of a thing. We become comfortable, right? At least I'm better than her. She's doing this. Now I'm doing the lesser sin. Hmm? She felt pregnant. At least I'm not pregnant. Eh? She's gossiping. At least now I just lie a bit. I'm not like her. He's doing this. He robbed the bank. Now at least I, I only took five friends. Or Hallelujah. We should not allow people's mistakes to make us feel better about ourselves. But let us allow God's word to convict us. The Bible says God's word is useful for teaching, for correcting, for rebuking, and for training in Russia, in, for training so that the man of God can be complete. God's word teaches us. May we allow it to rebuke us to a point where we say, God, I surrender. May we allow God's word to correct us. May we be correctable. When God says this is wrong, you say, God, I surrender. When God says this I don't like, you say, God, I surrender. Hallelujah. As I ask the worship team to come to the front. Amen. May we allow God's word to change us. May we refuse to remain unchanged. No matter how hard or difficult God's word is, may we fully obey it. Hallelujah. May we surrender our hearts to God's word. And we don't want at the end of our lives God to say, I never knew you. We don't want to come to Sunday, to church every Sunday, or Wednesday, you know, whatever. We attend crusades and we attend conferences and God says, I never knew you. That is such a painful thing. There is a song that says, Lungisin no jeso konamanje. Fix your issues with Jesus right now, not tomorrow. Say, God, I can't, you know, I'm trying to let go. I can't, but help me, God. Help me. I don't just want to be a number in the church, but I want to be yours, God. I want your word to work in me, O oh Lord. I want to be the real light of this world. I want to be a salt in this world. Whatever that is difficult for me to let go, help me, God. Help me, God. Hallelujah. We say come to God as you are, but don't remain as you are. We came to God as fornicators, as liars, as thieves, but we must not remain as we are. We came to God as people who were disobedient, but Lord, has not, let us not remain as we are. Hallelujah. I'm, ask, I'm going to request that we stand up on our feet. We're going to sing a song shortly.